A is a Baal Tshuva Gemurah. What is the, who is the complete Baal Tshuva? The true Baal Tshuva. This is somebody who comes to his uh, opportunity. Something that he transgressed in the past. And he has the ability to do it again. But he refrains. Also, he does not do so. Simply for the sake of doing Tshuva. Not because of fear of anyone. Or fear of, not fear, fear of punishment. Or fear of a person. Not because he lacks physical ability. For example. Somebody had a relationship with a woman in a sinful manner. Somebody he was not allowed to be with. And then once again he finds himself secluded with her. And, he, and, he, and he's in the same attraction to her and he's the same physical ability the same place where it happened so he has all those factors that were there the first time are there the only thing the difference is this time he does not do that Veda he does not transgress he refrained that's like a true Baal so the only reason why he he, he refrained from doing that Veda was simply because he chose not to to do Tshuva nothing else was different therefore that's the only factor this is what Shalom says Remember your creator in the days of youth. So that's what it's saying that you should do tshuva, even though you could do that Veda when you're young and strong. But 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 that's when it's the best time for for you to change. If a person does not do tshuva until when he's older, at the time he's no longer able to do what he did when he was younger. So now the fact that he did tshuva is less impressive because anyways he's not able necessarily to do the same things he did. Even though it's not an ideal tshuva, it's still effective about tshuva, he's still considered about tshuva. Just not about tshuva gemura, perhaps. Even if he was a sinner all his days, and he did tshuva the day he done the day of his death, and he dies in that state of tshuva mentality, tshuva frame of mind, all of his sins are forgiven. Before the darkening of the sun, or the darkening of the light, and the moon, or the stars, the clouds return after the rain. So this is this different. This are this is understood. In the Gemara Masech is to refer to various stages of a person's life and physical ability, and it's saying at the end there's there's v'shav with this tshuva shehu yem hamisa which is the day of death. The cloud which infers sheyem zochah b'ere v'shav kadem mishama. So a person does tshuva, remembers his creator, and does tshuva before he dies, even though he's older. This this he is still forgiven. What exactly is tshuva? So the Rambam's going to tell us there's a there's a cognitive element and there's a there's a behavioral element. Who the cognitive element is? The person should should forsake the avera, abandon the avera, and remove from his thought completely. believe by and resolve in his heart. He will no longer do that avera. It says in the pasuk, "Let the evil man leave his ways." Besides the fact the person has to make a resolve in his mind to change his behavior in the future, he must also regret what he did in the past. Now, the, the resolving for the future is the crucial point of tshuva. The regret for the past enhances that the resolve for the future should be more genuine. Because if you don't regret the past behavior, it's hard to make a real resolve to change for the future. He should regret it for, the, for, the, for his past behavior. It says, because after I have returned, I have regretted. And the person who, the, the, he who knows the hidden matters, being Hashem, she should show, show to speak, testify about him, that his resolve is so strong, that he, he's resolving, he'll never return to this affair. That's how strong in that moment his resolve is. It's a, it's a total, genuine decision that he never again wants to ever do that affair. 
says, We will no longer say to the work of our hands that you are, you are our gods. Before I explain how this Pasuk proves this point. Now, besides the cognitive piece we just said, that it's, a person has to decide that he's no longer going to do this Avera again, motivated by his strong regret for having done it in the past, he also has to verbalize, he has to confess and admit verbally, but say these things that he resolved in his heart, that he did this Avera, he regrets doing it, and he's not going to do it in the future. Whoever verbally confesses, but he does not do, on the first step, which is resolving in his heart to forsake the avera, to abandon the avera. It's like someone who goes to the mikvah of a sheretz while he's still holding on to a dead sheretz, which is a creeping crawly animal that imparts tumah. The tefillah would not help him until he lets go of the sheretz. So, tefilling. In the mikvah, which brings purity, while holding on to the sheretz, which brings impurity, is like bringing is, is like doing is like confessing for the aveda being misvada, which is supposed to bring the person purity, but holding on to the aveda, which brings impurity. So it's a contradiction. Similarly, the pasuk says, "If someone confesses his aveda, and he forsakes the aveda, you have to have umayda, but you also have to have oizev. You have to have both confession and abandoning the aveda. To achlif the sechet, he must specify the aveda. He's doing tshuva for. The pasuk says, please, these people committed a great sin, and then he adds, they made for themselves a golden idol." So Moshe Rabbeinu specified exactly what it was, the chet egel. So you see, you have to specify the specific aveda when you are misvada. Now that the Ramam has finished telling us the technical obligations to fulfill the obligation of tshuva, he goes on to describe tshuva as a lifestyle. Midarkeya tshuva of the ways of tshuva liyeh sashov that the person who's doing tshuva toyek tamlif ne Hashem should constantly be crying out before Hashem in his uh, in, in, in his intensity of his davening bevechiv sachnunim with crying and supplication. Vayis tzaka v'koycha he does acts of tzaka according to his abilities. Mesachik habin adav v'shachata but he distances himself very far from the thing he sinned with. So if he was nichshol in uh, for example a married woman he moves as far away from her as possible across the world. Mishan neshma he changes his name claiming to say ani achra. I'm someone else. I'm not that person who did that those deeds. So by changing his name, he demonstrates how how much he has changed his ways and his mentality. An example of this is Hagar, who w- w- returned to her Avedazara after being sent away by Ramavinu, but then changed her name to Katura as a public statement of her Teshuva. A typical example is a person, for example, used to use their Goyesha name, now he uses a Jewish name. And he changes his actions in general from the negative to the positive. He exiles himself from his place. The person doesn't have uh, his, his social support, doesn't have uh, people around he's familiar with, that makes him humble. That type of uh, self imposed godless or exile causes a person to be a humble spirit, and uh, gaiva is the opposite of tshuva. Halacha, hey. 
Shavach, God of the Shav, it's a tremendous praiseworthy thing for the person doing Shuvah. Like she's father with Abba, they should confess publicly every deal of Shavach Lehem and inform the public of what he did wrong. And the things he did wrong between him and a fellow, she should reveal them to other people, and tell them, indeed, I've sinned plenty of us to this person. I did such and such, like I stole from him, for example, I cheated him. Today I am doing Shuvah and I regret. So this is something he does. It's not the, not the tip, not the regular video that he does after, after returning the money he stole, for example, and asking forgiveness and saying video to Hashem. Then he publicly admits he did wrong. That's another another uh, a shavach, a praiseworthy thing. It's not required, but it's a praiseworthy thing for the Balchuva because the shame it brings him will give him complete. Um, Kapara, complete healing from the damage that Avera did, as well as convincing other people to convince the person he stole from to forgive him wholeheartedly. Anybody who is too hardy to do this and does not inform the public about his Avera, he covers his Avera. Shuvah is not complete. It's a Shuvah because he returned the money, he confessed, and, got for, and he asked for forgiveness from the person and from Hashem. But it's not a complete Shuvah. Someone who covers his sins will not, will not succeed. When we say this, that's important to it's praiseworthy to confess in public a person sinned against his fellow a person sinned against Hashem like he was Michal Shabbos should not publicize it in fact it's actually brazen and hardy to reveal what he what, uh, what he what he sinned against Hashem in private to publicly say I was Michal Shabbos for example rather he should just return before Hashem and before Hashem specifies confess for them the and if he confesses in public, he should say that I did not veda, and that's 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 sufficient. The, if he should not specify it. It's actually counterproductive to specify it. Uh, there are those who say that if the avera is public knowledge, like his machal shabbos in public, then he should specify in public. It's good the person should not specify the specific avera, and no one should know about it, so to speak. Now the pasuk says, "Happy is he whose avera is forgiven, whose avera is covered up." So we see that there are situations where you're not supposed to do uh, confess avera in public, and that's when it's a sin, avera someone did against Hashem, not against a fellow person, and it was done in private. Even though tshuva and crying out to Hashem are always effective, always good. The ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, which include Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, to, to make number ten, he offers It's exceptionally good. immediately receives. Shem says, "Do Hashem Seek out Hashem when He is found." And some versions of the Rambam include the pasuk. The pasuk uh, as it continues, him when close." But when do we say this? That there's a difference between necessary and the rest of the year. Biyachad, an individual. Avot but the community calls man sheishim shuvah whenever they do shuvah. So you can believe shalom. They cry with the with the genuinely. Him nani. They are Hashem answers them. Hashem pasuk says, "Kashem lekinah b'cholkin elov." Who is like Hashem our God? Whenever we cry out to Him, so that pasuk that says, "Hashem is our God who responds." Whenever we call out to Him, any day of the year, refers to the community that does shuvah together. An individual, there's a difference in terms of asayishim shuvah being a time when Hashem is found. And close. Now, perhaps for the community, it could also be an advantage of Asesame Tshuva, but the, the main emphasis over here of Asesame Tshuva is for the individual.
Now, even though we just said that Seyesh Meshuv is unique, in Seyesh Meshuv there's one day which is even more unique. Yom Kippurim, Yom Kippur, whose man of is a time of Shuva for everybody, even a person who, technically speaking, has already done Shuva for any previous affairs and has not repeated them. It's a time of Shuva by definition for, for every single Jew. For individuals and for and for communities. It is the pinnacle of forgiveness and atonement for every single Jew. Everyone has an obligation to do, do, do tshuva, even if you did tshuva in the past, do tshuva again, and to confess on Yom Kippur. So in other words, even though we have tenets of tshuva, a person presumably, hopefully, did tshuva already before Yom Kippur, but he has to do a higher level of tshuva on Yom Kippur. The mitzvah of confessing on Yom Kippur, is that he begin to confess before eating the final meal on Yom Kippur. Why? Perhaps he'll choke to death, God forbid, in the meal he eats before his first confession on Yom Kippur. So therefore, that creates an obligation to confess before Yom Kippur begins. Even though a person did this confession before he ate the final meal of Yom Kippur, he has to again confess during Ma'ariv of Yom Kippur. And again confesses again each time on Shachris during Musaf and during Mincha. During the, five, the fifth tefillah, each time. Because each time you does tshuva and he goes to a higher level, he has to do tshuva on a higher level again. And each tefillah, one of these five tefillahs, is another level of the neshama. When does a person confess? We're in davening yachid, individual achid tefillah, after Shemir Esrei. It is noteworthy that Ramam brings these halachas about tshuva on Yom Kippur in Hilchas Tshuva, not in Hilchas Yom Kippur, because apparently the Ramam learns, as explains the Kotasichet, Chelak Dalid, that besides the, the mitzvahs of Yom Kippur, the technical obligations of the day, which is not to eat, not to do work, etc. There's a deeper element, which is the element of tshuva, and that's not part of the mitzvah of Yom Kippur per se, it's part of the tshuva of Yom Kippur, and that's more appropriate to talk about in the laws of tshuva rather than the laws of Yom Kippur. The video that all Yidin are accustomed to do is to say, we have sinned. That's the primary element of Vidoy. Now, the Chayyar, the Ramam, told us earlier that a Vidoy requires a person to admit he did this specific Aveda and uh, um, say that he regrets it and he's not going to do it again. So the Ramam over here is relying on what he said earlier to. Tell us that over here he's, he's being makatzer. He's being. He's not expounding, but he he means that this this uh, this idea of chatanu we sin includes was mentioning the specific aveda and the commitment not to repeat it and the regret for the past. Um, others say that the Ramam here is actually talking about not a vidui for aveda specifically, but the general vidui that one must do on Yom Kippur. So if a person did tshuva for his his averas already, and Yom Kippur he's just saying vidui for the purpose of doing the unique tshuva Yom Kippur that does not require a specification of the aveda. It's enough to say just chatanu. Another way of understanding the Ramam is that saying Chatanu, that can be done out loud, but the specification of the, uh, of the specific Aveda, that the Ramam does not mention because that's done quietly. As we said earlier, that a person should not publicize the Averis he did privately to Hashem because it's considered inappropriate. The, the sins a person confesses on Yom Kippur this year. For example, if he ate Chametz on Pesach, and the next year he does not eat any Chametz on Pesach, he keeps Pesach very, very carefully. Nevertheless, he again confesses upon them in Yom Kippur the next year.
each year, even though he stands in his state of tshuva, he still has not, he has not uh, reverted, he has not done the Avera again. So the what's the purpose of confessing again for his Avera of eating Chametz on Pesach? He hasn't eat, eat, uh, he's kept Pesach meticulously for many years now. Now, Nevertheless, he does, he does, he does tshuva again on Yom Kippur, and he does the video again. Shem al says, I know my Averas, I acknowledge my Averas, my Averas are constantly before me. Pasuk implies that there's a sense of awareness of the Avera that one did in the past, even though he did tshuva, technically speaking, appropriately. But as he rises in his service of Hashem, and it's about tshuva, each Yom Kippur achieves new atonement by doing tshuva again on a higher level, and that includes Vidoy. And Yom Kippur, even if they're together, certainly independently, do not atone for the following. They only atone for Averis that are between a person and Hashem. For example, someone eats forbidden food. Well, had a forbidden relationship. And the like. Averis between a person and his fellow. For example, if someone injures his fellow, curses him. steals him. And the like. He is not forgiven. First, he must give his friend monetary compensation, whatever his terror obligates him, and he must appease him by asking forgiveness. Even though he gave him every penny he owed him, he must again also uh, he must uh, uh, appease him and ask forgiveness. Even if he only upset him verbally, he must appease him and, and, and demand from him, you know, nudge him until he forgives him. What if he doesn't want to forgive him? Then he has to bring with him a group of three people and ask forgiveness again. Medea among his colleagues. And he encounters him. And he asks for forgiveness. If he doesn't forgive him, he must do so a second and a third time with this entourage. If he still does not forgive him, then he can at that point leave him and not ask forgiveness. This, the person who's not forgiving, he's the sinner for not forgiving, provided the person who's asked forgiveness is being genuine. If, however, the person he sinned against was his teacher, he must continue to ask even a thousand times until he forgives him. It's forbidden per, per person to be cruel and not allow himself to be appeased, not to forgive. The person should be easily appeased and hard to, hard to anger. When the person who sinned against him asks for forgiveness, he should forgive him wholeheartedly and, and, uh, and uh, enthusiastically. Even if he pained him very much and sinned very strong against him, he should not take revenge and he should not bear a grudge. This is the way of the Jewish people, who are descendants of Yaakov Avinu and those who are of upright heart. Who are of upright heart. However, the cruel Goyim are not that way. Or rather, of us and the Shemar Natsach, they bear their grudge forever. Their anger is preserved forever. Forever. Um, it says regarding the Gavainim, the Fishle Machlu, because they were not willing to forgive, they were not appeased. The Gavainim are not among the children of, 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 the, of Yisrael, the Jewish people. The Gavainim were killed out. Many of them were killed by Shalom Melech. Because of that, because they they, they, they they were so upset about about that, Hashem punished Bnei Yisrael with the drought. And Dovna Melech found out that that was the reason for the drought. He tried to ask them to forgive the Yidden so the drought would end. And they, for, they refused unless they were given seven of Shaul's sons to kill. 
and that was the only way they could end the drought. And when the they were given over and they killed them in cold blood, the Melech declared that they're no longer able to be part of Klal Yisrael, even though they converted initially. The Melech said this demonstrates that they are not true Yidden. If someone sins against his fellow, and the person dies before he asks for forgiveness, what does he do now? He brings ten people, and he goes to his um, with them to the caver, the person's great burial place. He says before them, I have sinned to Hashem, the plenty is to this individual. I did such and such to him. If, the, if there was a monetary affair, like he stole from him, he should give the money back to his heirs. If he doesn't know who the heirs are, he, 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 then he can uh, leave the money in Bezdin, and he can confess, as we described earlier, and Bezdin will either find the heirs or distribute, or distribute the money to Tzedakah as they see fit.